Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, the election campaign is in full swing. Of course, October 21st, when we uh, all head to the polls to vote for a new federal leader. Joining us now, Elizabeth May, leader of the Green Party of Canada, and she is with us now. Elizabeth, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks. And Scott, I want to thank you for that editorial moment. Your words just now were very powerful. Thank you very much. As a leader, how do you wrap your head? We'll start with this. As a world leader, how do you, or a leader of a country or a province or a party or a municipality, what have you, how do you wrap your head around something like this? Because obviously it's a complex issue. Yeah. Well, I mean, basic, there's no more important job for government than to make its citizens feel secure and be secure. So we need to do a whole lot more. Uh, we've had, we've, you know, we've been compared to the United States. You look at the fatalities from gun crime in the United States; it's off the charts, right? But it's very, very concerning to any Canadian when we have shootings, when we have uh, incidents in which innocent people are killed for, uh, gee, the kind of irrationality behind mowing people down with a van in Toronto or shootings in malls, anything like this shakes our sense of security as a people. I think in terms of gun crime, what the, what the Green Party is calling for, by the way, is to set up a program for buyback of illegal weapons. No questions asked, just turn them in. We'd like to have them. We'd like to get rid of them. Uh, we, we really need to focus our CBSA, our, our Canadian Border Services, far more on stopping the smuggling of illegal weapons and drugs and much less on going around trying to find people who are living lives where they pose no threat to anyone, but their citizenship papers may not be completely up to snuff. And frankly, we've seen a lot of CBSA efforts to find people who are not a threat and deport them. And I have to think that with limited resources, it would be better to put CBSA on a relentless effort to make sure that we stop the smuggling of guns into Canada. All right, uh, let's move on. Talk about the success of the Green Party this election. Your, uh, so far, this uh, last election, uh, you were disappointed, thinking of stepping down as the leader of the Green Party. How have things, how have things changed since the last election for the Green Party? Well, it's changed dramatically, so there's a smile on my face. Yeah, I, I always think about succession. I'm not, you know, the, the, there's um, the idea of clinging to power is kind of counterintuitive to your leader of the Green Party. But the goal here is to improve democracy and, to, and the election of more Greens across Canada. We now have official opposition status in Prince Edward Island, obviously a big breakthrough to have the leader of the Green Party of Ontario in Queen's Park. Three Green MLAs, a, a really important caucus in New Brunswick, and in British Columbia, the balance of power, which the Greens in, New Br- in British Columbia call the balance of responsibility, really big strides. And then, of course, capping it off with the election of a second Green, Paul Manley from Nanaimo Ladysmith in May. So that sense of momentum, fortunes have changed. We're polling in many parts of the country as the third choice of I'm very, you know, it's humbling to say it out loud, but in polls, people say I'm the most ethical leader. So it's feeling on the ground everywhere we go across this country, people are excited because they're voting green for the first time and they actually feel confident and positive about their choice. 
How do you translate that into votes? Because uh, you've certainly captured a lot of people's attention. How do you explain the recent success? Is it that the green or the environmental issue has become top of mind? It's become fashionable now, or is it that Canadians are looking for a third option and the NDP's not 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 yeah. not, not suffice? I, I I also think people are looking for their first and second option, and they're not very happy with the way they've been served by the parties they traditionally support. So last night in Guelph, for an example, we had a huge rally. And just before I spoke, they had a Guelph supporter of Steve Dick, who's running for Greens in Guelph, who said, I've been a lifetime conservative, and this is why I'm voting Green. And the next speaker was, I've been a lifetime New Democrat, and then the next speaker, I was a liberal. But these are the reasons I'm voting Green now. And they were a nice combination of dissatisfaction with their old choices and real excitement about a party you can believe in with a wide range of policies that will make a difference. So, we're, you know, it, it would be pretty far-fetched to suggest that, that we were shooting for um, a majority government. Yeah. But it's not that far-fetched to say Canadians really want better, more honest, more ethical government. And Greens are offering that for sure. Uh, many have said uh, between the Greens, the Liberals, the NDP, they could split the vote on the left. Uh, uh, we've chatted with the, the leader in Guelph, and he said, I, you know, I don't want to be uh, labeled as left, right. A lot of people are trying to figure out where the party is beyond the Green issue. Uh, yeah. So how would you describe that? Your slogan, not uh, left, uh, sorry, not uh, left, not right, uh, forward together. How do you explain that? Well, I do want to say one more thing about splitting the vote on the left. We we just saw the decision by the Debates Commission to include Maxime Bernier and the People's Party. Yep. The vote is being split on the right, too. So this election is a unique, maybe unique opportunity for Canadians to vote for what you want. If you like NDP policies, vote NDP. If you like liberal policies, vote liberal. If you like green policies, don't be scared out of voting green. Because the vote between Andrew Scheer and Maxime Bernier is splitting the party that they both were competing to lead. We have to remember, Maxime Bernier came in a very close second to Andrew Scheer. They were virtually neck and neck for their conservative party leadership. And as a result, the party is now split in two. So we, we're very unlikely to see the same kind of fear-based pressure that, you know, supporting the Greens would somehow help Harper, which was a motif in the 2015 election. And frankly, it's why I went back alone to Parliament, because we had a number of races which were very close, where it was between the NDP and the Greens, and or between the Liberals and the Greens, and there was no chance of a Conservative winning. But that messaging is very powerful, fear-based messaging. If you vote Green, you'll be helping Harper was powerful in 2015. It's not the same message now because the conservatives are split on the right. But how do we explain ourselves as a party? Uh, we're basically focused on the tools that will work from anybody's toolkit. So frankly, if you look at our platform, we are calling for massive expansion of our social safety net. We're calling for universal pharmacare without exception. We're calling for a dental care for low-income Canadians for child care for every Canadian, for abolishing tuition and eliminating student debt, and for guaranteed livable income. So people can look at that and say, well, okay, well, so that's a party on the left. On the other hand, we're, we've, we're, our platform is still being costed by the Parliamentary Budget Office. 
but we're quite confident that we will be able to arrive at balanced budgets on the same kind of time frame as the Conservatives. So does that make us a right-wing party? No, we just we believe in fiscal responsibility, but we also want social justice. And, of course, we're in a climate emergency, so it's not an environmental issue. It's a public safety issue. Back to where we started, the first job of government is to assure public safety and security. We're in a situation now where our children's safety and security is directly threatened by burning fossil fuels. Fortunately, there are a lot of alternatives. And, and by the way, Greens want to have more steel produced out of Hamilton. We want to be able to lay train tracks and do the work that needs to be done to improve our transportation sector. So we're, we're not either of those things, really. We, we use, we're sometimes to be perceived as left-wing, sometimes to be perceived as right-wing, but not on the issues like, for instance, we would never compromise on a woman's right to a safe legal abortion. Hmm. Does that make us left-wing or just supporting human rights? It, it, these are questions that I'll leave for someone else to, to answer. But we, we want Canadians from every part of the political spectrum to know that they, they have a home in the Green Party. They should look at our platform and think it over. Uh, you uh, yesterday came out with the rest of your platform, as you just mentioned, Pharmacare and uh, and tuition and such, uh, that you said it hasn't been costed yet, but how do you plan to pay for it? I mean, many will say, well, it's easy to sit and say that when you, you, know, you know you're not going to form government. How do you plan on paying well, I, for this? I, I would like to form government. I'll make I that clear. Yes. I, think, I, think I think if the leaders of the parties are running this election, and I, I don't want to sound arrogant about this, Scott, but I'm better qualified to be prime minister than the other leaders. That doesn't mean that I think it's about to happen. But I've had a lot of government experience, and I want to make sure we deliver a better, more respectful parliament for Canadians. But our programs have been costed. The difficulty is we, we sent all our numbers in starting in June, and we're very grateful that the Parliamentary Budget Office, which is, of course, an, uh, an arm of the Government of Canada within the uh, parliamentary structure, so they're nonpartisan, they've been reviewing all of our planks and all of our revenue at line items. And they're almost done. So we didn't want to hold up the platform for the additional maybe one week before we get all of the information. It's been trickling in for us for months. So I'm quite confident that our sources of revenue will work. Uh, For instance, increasing the tax on large transnational corporations, increasing the tax on our commercial banks, bringing that from 15% to 21%. We're also going to apply a small uh, 0.2% tax on every financial transaction. We're closing some of the big corporate loopholes that only benefit the super rich, like stock option loopholes and changes to capital gains and removing the tax write-offs that corporations get for entertainment, for food, and for their own exclusive box <laughs> for watching uh, hockey and baseball. They are you worried? Are you wor- are you worried that will stymie business? That that's what the right would say. Well, you know, the right wing had its chance, and I, I was very fond of Jim Flaherty, our former minister of finance. But his policy was to cut corporate taxation by saying he was giving a break to what was framed as the quote unquote job creators. Now, what large corporations did with their tax cuts wasn't to reinvest in Canada. Investment has remained quite flat. These large corporations have essentially hoarded the cash. Uh, um, the former uh, president of the Bank of, uh, Bank of Canada, Mark Carney, 
describe this as um, basically the dead money. It's not being used. And that cash hoarding of dead money means that these guys haven't been job creators. They've kept cash out of our economy when we need it for investment. So if they're not going to invest in it for the benefit of the Canadian economy, we can return tax rates not to their, not by any means to the this doesn't go back to what it was in the year 2004, 2006, but it does return it to roughly where it was before Harper took office. And at that point, I, I think it's only fair to say the people of Canada need revenue and we need investment. We need a massive infrastructure project to improve our uh, electricity grid from, from coast to coast to coast. We need investments to be able to ensure Pharmacare and low-income dental and eliminating tuition. So we have found places to seek revenue, and the the increase in taxation for large transnational corporations. I want to underline: not for small business. We leave the small business tax rate where it is. We supported cutting it to nine percent. Leave it there because small business. By the way, if you want to know the job creators, yeah. it's small business. They employ more people in Canada than the big companies ever did. All right. Uh, in the Justin Trudeau government campaigned uh, last election under sunny ways. From that, it's turned to uh, the world is coming to an end. We're in a climate crisis here. And unless you pay more, uh, we're all going to die. So how do we transition from the progress that we've made into uh, a greener, renewable environment? How do we do this without walking society backwards? Well, here's the thing. I, I don't. I, w- I wouldn't want to associate myself at all with that sort of. With I know you were kind of teasing around the edges, and I don't think liberals either would want to say that this is fear mongering. But the, the liberal climate promises have not added up to action. I know they had better intentions, perhaps. I don't want to tar them with the same brush as Stephen Harper. But the reality is that the target for carbon reduction that was put in place by Stephen Harper is the same target now. That, to me, is shocking. So here we are, uh, far after the Liberals took office, they have not improved Canada's target to be consistent with what we signed on to, which was then the Liberals, it was Catherine McKenna in Paris, who did the right thing and said Canada will join the world. We must ensure that global average temperature increase not go above a red line in the atmosphere at 1.5 degrees, because after that, we could be unleashing uh, what's called runaway global warming, self-accelerating, unstoppable levels of climate warming that threaten the survival of human civilization. But we have time to stop that, but not if we ignore it and not if we leave our target at the same place Stephen Harper said it, which, again, by the way, liberal plans don't yet amount to meeting the Harper target, much less the one that's necessary, which is exactly twice as much. So how do we do that? We do it in a way which, number one, ensures workers that they will not they should not feel insecure. So these are the principles of just transition. Um, the president of the Canadian Labor Congress, Hassan Youssef, co-chaired a process on this. We adopt all their recommendations. It's very important that workers and the communities that are dependent on the fossil fuel sector are fully engaged in the process of, you know, you have, you have transferable skills. Where do we transfer them? We have a lot of work to be done, and this will actually be the economic stimulus that our economy really needs because we need massive investment in improving our electricity grid, 
and massive investments in making sure every single building in Canada ceases to be wasteful when it comes to energy, but becomes an energy miser. And that way also, by the way, the carrying costs of our buildings, our homes, our institutions drop dramatically when we no longer are wasting so much energy through inefficiency. So we're quite confident that the economic opportunities that open up when we stop wasting energy, when we stop wasting billions of dollars every year subsidizing fossil fuels and apply that money to, to doing what needs to be done to promote a green, renewable electricity grid. And then I think you were starting from the point of view of as if everybody has to pay for this with carbon taxes. Greens don't think that a carbon price should be kept by government at all. Every single Canadian should re receive a check for their fair share of the pollution charges that are taken from the larger polluters so that every single Canadian gets some relief when there's an increase of price at the pump. Last question, Elizabeth May from the Green Party. What is stopping Canadians from voting green this election? Nothing. That's what the good news is. <laughs> no, but you were saying, like, ob obviously, Elizabeth, your, your party has captured a great deal of attention, certainly moving yeah. policy, and, and will no doubt change the face of this federal election. What's stopping people from going all the way and marking an X next to the Green Party? Well, I hope that... With more information, I'm, well, I'll be in the leaders' debate. Well, not in the one in TVA, not the, not the one in the commercial French station, but I'll be in the English and the French debate. How do you feel about that? That's a little odd, considering you and the Prime Minister are pretty much toe-to-toe -to -toe on environmental issues. How do you feel about not being included in that French-language debate? Oh, I think it's outrageous. Uh, it's absolutely outrageous that the commercial network TVA has chosen to include the NDP, which at this point, I mean, the NDP has every right to be there, obviously, but we're polling ahead of them in Quebec. What justification could there possibly be for excluding the Green Party hmm. with strong candidates throughout Quebec and to include every other party that the Debates Commission says meets the requirements to be in the debate? but not the Green Party. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, and by the way, I mean, every, you know, I am the only woman party leader and it is important. I mean, Justin Trudeau said this in 2015 that he, he thought the Greens should be in the debate if for no other reason than he wanted his little girl to see that a woman could be prime minister. And I don't think he's changed his mind about what his little girl should see. I just wonder why he's showing up at a debate where I'm not invited. And I think it's, I, it, I hope that by the time the TVA debate happens, they will have reconsidered. But back to your question, I think for a lot of Canadians, nothing's stopping them from voting green. They just haven't really considered it yet. And the group of voters I hope to reach out to the most are the people who in the last election didn't vote at all. So that's a very large proportion of Canadians, uh, about 30% of Canadians, more than 30%, didn't vote at all in the last election. And I think it's important for democracy to be healthy that every single Canadian with the right to vote start thinking about it now. If you haven't voted in the last, you've never voted. If you haven't voted in the last 10 years, if you got disgusted with politicians altogether, you know, and I can say I don't blame you, but if you did, think about this election and how important it is. And then have a look at our platforms and consider, okay, I'm going to send a message to all those parties that have let me down, that are ethical shambles, that, that are handmaidens to corporate Canada. 
I am going to get out and vote green, if nothing else, but to send a message to the parties that have let me down. Elizabeth May has been with us, leader of the Green Party. Elizabeth, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Good luck. Thanks, Scott. I hope I talk to you again during the writ. You never know. Yes, for sure. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.